0: In today's episode, I am chatting with motherhood coach, Kaylee Benjamin, and it is a pretty profound conversation. She has a whole body of learning and research and experience that she has built on the subject of matrescence, which she will help us define and understand. And it is very, very powerful. Uh, We also had several Zoom glitches as we were recording this podcast, so thank you for your patience. Uh, I do believe we uh, got all the magic and, and have a really incredible conversation. So here we go. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp. And each episode, I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire Podcast. Hi, Kaylee, and welcome to the Around the Campfire Podcast.
1: Hi, Jillian. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. Can you start by introducing yourself, who you're a mom to, what you do, all of the things?
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. My name is Kaylee Benjamin, and I am a mom to a three and a half year old son. I am also a coach, a motherhood coach, and I support moms on their journey into and through motherhood and in particular with the identity shift that comes along Mm. with motherhood
0: how did you get started with that?
1: It It's interesting because I, I became interested in motherhood before becoming a mom myself. Mm-hmm. And I had worked, my career I had been in the corporate world in personal and leadership development for about almost close to 15 years before I started my own business. And of course, moms are in the corporate world <laughs> and moms yep. were in, Moms were in the retreats, they were in the programs and the workshops that I was leading, and they would share to me, you know, share with me in a very personal level their experiences of motherhood. And I feel like I was really privy to a lot of intimate conversations that aren't normally part of the wider social conversation around motherhood. Yeah. I noticed a few, I noticed a few like distinct things. I noticed a lot of what was being shared with me was very different than what I thought motherhood was going to be like myself.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I, you know, a lot of what I now know, a lot of adjustments to like the physical changes to mm. partnership changes, to the challenges in navigating, you know, balancing, as we'd say, balancing the work world and you know, your corporate life with motherhood. And, and also I noticed a lot of shame and judgment and isolation mm-hmm. amongst mothers, And yet I also heard of the beauty and the joy and like the spark that moms would share around motherhood that we weren't necessarily talking about in the wider corporate world either. Like it was so hidden. Motherhood was so hidden is what I noticed. And so as I became a mom myself, my career had been in supporting others in their transitions and in their psychological development. And I became interested in this extraordinary shift that was happening within myself Mm -hmm. in I discovered the term matrescence and it changed, it really changed the landscape for me of how I view myself and how I view motherhood and lit the spark in me. My son is definitely like my, my pregnancy and me becoming a mother and my son are definitely the reasons for me starting this business because I felt, yeah, the spark, which turned into a major fire of active activism of wanting to support mothers in a different way. And I do that as a coach and as a facilitator.
0: Amazing. I love that. Okay. Can you define Mm
1: -hmm. matrescence? Firstly, I want to acknowledge Dr. Orly Athan, who works at Columbia University in New York, and she is responsible for bringing this word into the modern day world. So it originally originates in the 1970s, but I definitely want to acknowledge her. And she is one of my previous mentors in this work as well, Dr. Athon. And derived from her work, matrescence is the the extraordinary transformation, physical, psychological, social, economic, and spiritual mm. that a person experiences as they journey into and through motherhood. I might say that one more time. That's okay. Yeah, please, it's, please. It's, a, it's a big one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Matrescence is a profound transformation, physical, psychological, economic, social, and spiritual That a person experiences as they journey into and through Mm -hmm. motherhood. So it really points to the to the tectonic plate shift (laughs) that happens to a person, and acknowledges the the human development that happens as a person journeys into motherhood and through motherhood Mm -hmm. on all on all levels. And they're called domains: you know, physical, psychological, social, economic, and spiritual. That different domains are shifting. At different times it's not always yeah. all at once but how extraordinary the transformation is that
0: mm-hmm.
1: that becoming a mother whether it's through birth or adopting or fostering like it's not a you have you have a child and you're a mom it's a lifelong transformation and yeah it's an inner tra- and you're like yes yes yeah. it is you yeah. you, see, you know that you're like yes i'm a mom
0: i know you become <laughs> a mom forever yes <laughs> like forever yeah, yeah. yes
1: forever and I think that's the thing too like in recent years matrescence you would actually just on the weekend I was reading an article on the CBC I can't remember what the headline was I think it was about mental health of mothers and I opened the article and I read it and about two-thirds down there were a few paragraphs about matrescence and it was so wonderful to see matrescence on the CBC and it's becoming it's becoming a little bit more widely spoken about the term Mm -hmm. and and yet there's this, a, a slight misconception that matrescence is only in the early right. days of motherhood. Like it's, I want to decouple it from like what was maybe called the fourth trimester or the early mm-hmm. week that you're like, no, I'm forever a mother. And Jillian, I know yeah. you're the 16. Like yeah. there are still shifts that you are experiencing. Yeah. There are probably many shifts you're experiencing right now.
0: Yeah. There's a whole other shift that happens when really, when they start to, I mean, there's several shifts, but when they start to get their own priorities and want to do their own things and they have friends that they've chosen that you haven't chosen just because you like the parents, right? Like it's, there's that shift. And then when they get into high school, there's this other, because the independence and the desire for independence is just growing. And I experience a shift of like, Oh God, I'm so scared for them to go out on their own. Cause I can't protect them, mm. but I know that I have to do this for their evolution. Mm. Right. And it's this whole new layer of motherhood that I, I guess, academically knew, but wasn't prepared for emotionally.
1: Yes, yes, and that's the thing. I think a lot of changes we can like academically, we can intellectually know, mm-hmm. we can read about, but then the like lived experience of it is very different from very different. knowing it's coming or or reading about it. But then, as you experience it, it is profound.
0: Yeah. Just, well, um, and then. Like my husband is, I, I mean, there's he he lived a very free childhood, you know, like we were in the 80s. Like it's, you know, and so and he says, Yeah, you gotta let them go out and try stuff. And I'm like, oh god, no, because I was an only child and I was quite protected. And so it's a very different world experience, too. And he's more willing and <laughs> open to just letting them fly. And I was like, Oh, so even that dynamic between us sort of coming to a place where I mean, he's comfortable, so it's not like we said we're both comfortable. That, that that I'm comfortable enough with what we're making a decision as a team, right? So, yes. oh yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a bit of a curveball.
1: And I think something that's really interesting as you share that right now is that I can really relate to that, and I have a three and a half year old. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things in in mothering is that some of the themes might. They are. They are mm-hmm. pro- potentially. Like they're recurring. That's one of the interesting things, actually, about matrescence is that there are themes or there are tenants on the psychological side. I'll speak to that. That yeah are recurring. They're almost seasonal or cyclical.
0: Hundred yes, percent. One of my colleagues, she is. Um, she has a year like maybe a 14 month old now I think she well maybe 13 month old and she's been going to daycare for several months now and um within three days the daycare workers said to my colleague you can go like she's good right and it's that okay my kid doesn't need me as much right now and you know and so it's that sort of it starts there and then it just keeps happening over and over again in that cyclical nature. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. It's like, and letting go. I mean, you're speaking to the mm-hmm. theme of letting go.
0: Yeah. Of
1: letting go and, and trusting, that, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And trust the is, world,
0: trust yourself, trust all the things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and if I pick it apart a bit more of like what also like the layers you're even peeling apart in the example you just shared is if we put the lens of matrescence mm-hmm. on it, is yeah. that you are speaking to socially, you know, you're know, you grappling and, and reconciling a few themes and topics socially, like for your son, like letting go and how comfortable you are in the world and trusting it, but then also socially with your partner of having different views yeah, with your partner and reconciling that. And then you're also reflecting on your childhoods and yeah. the, the differences there might've been between you and your partner in your childhoods and therefore how that impacts your beliefs mm-hmm. now. So even that, like just quickly I've riffed a few layers. Those are, like, yeah. those
0: are a lot of layers. <laughs> <laughs> they're big things. Like once you actually start to dig in, they're very big <laughs> topics. and It is sort of like, oh, okay. So yeah, I can see how matrescence goes through motherhood. I think that's important because it doesn't just, once you're back to work and you know, your kids in school or your kids, like it doesn't end. You're still going through these feelings and these experiences. Completely. Yeah, completely. And you're still feeling to what you were experiencing as a coach. Uh, Or observing as a coach, isolated and you know, feeling like you're not living up. And like all of those feelings that happen in those first few years, you know, Mm. comparisonitis, all of those things still continue. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they do. And I think that's one of the one of the parts of the work that I love is that I am going through this experience alongside the mothers that I work with. And so Mm -hmm. it's very it's very real for me too. I am living it. I share from my own real experience and it is what can make it relatable and how I understand other mothers. I mean, I understand our experiences are all different mm-hmm. and yet, yeah, like living through it with my clients is something, is something so interesting. It's very reciprocal, it's like learning mm-hmm. from yeah. people who I work with and also the other way too.
0: Were there any surprises for you being a coach in the corporate world, witnessing these mothers and say, Because you said it was different from what you thought motherhood was. Mm. So from what you were witnessing and sort of becoming aware of the reality to when you become became a mom, what were the surprises <laughs> as you went through it yourself?
1: Oh, great question.
0: Hmm.
1: My mind immediately turns to the amount of expectation and pressures and messages that mothers receive Mm. that, again, I could intellectually understand that Mm -hmm. before, but then as soon as I even myself became pregnant, I, I felt like I was immediately receiving messages around how I was supposed to be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There were suddenly all these rules and I'm, I'm also very curious about that world. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what are these? And questioning like, that's, that's a passion of mine, but I just found it so interesting. like rules around when we share pregnancies, when we don't, how we speak about loss, how we don't, how your birth must be, how it must not mustn't. How do you prepare? Like there were just so many rules immediately.
0: Mm -hmm. Breastfeeding versus not, but like what works, like, you know, is it okay to set your own path for what works for you? Or is there judgment attached?
1: To it yeah yeah like the enormity of the the I, I don't even there's no word like truly just like the enormity the the gigantic i guess as my son was like the gigantic amount of messages that are being hurled at mothers mm-hmm. particularly in this day and age of social media
0: yeah
1: it was sadly surprising to me and continues throughout motherhood you know mm-hmm. every day all the time it's coming at us from many different angles and so that yeah that really sparked my interest in studying motherhood some more, and what led me to study with Dr. Sophie Brock. She's a sociologist out of Australia, and she's a motherhood studies sociologist. And looking at, she looks at the social and cultural messages and pressures of motherhood. And I, you know, did a certification program with her to learn more about that because I, I was like, what, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this beast? What is this machine that we're part of, and how does it impact? the experience that mothers have. And it's amazing that there's an academic area of study around it. Yeah.
0: So how do you help moms when you're working with them as a coach? How do you help them? Like, what is, Mm -hmm. do you, is there a program that you follow? Mm -hmm. Is it just helping them see those messages for what they are? Like, what is it?
1: Yeah. Every, I mean, like motherhood, every Mother that I work with, their journey will be very different. Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) So I work with moms, I guess, to make it clear. I work with mothers in two ways currently. One, I work with mothers one-on-one. I have coaching clients individually, and then I also work with mothers in group programs, or I usually do. This year, I haven't done any group programs because my client, my one-on-one client roster, has been so full. But if I work when I work with moms one-on-one, it is there's no set program. There's no you work with me, and we're gonna cover X, Y, Z, like each right. mother, when I get to meet them, each mom, there are different themes, different topics, different areas that they want to work through together. Mm. And so I pull in as needed. I pull in tools or I pull in yeah from my studies with Dr. Brock or from with Dr. Ethan and matricence or the years of coaching experience that I have. I bring in topics and ways of coaching. I would say if I think of my one-on-one clients, a lot of my one-on-one clients are in it's just so happens this way. A lot of them are in that period in their life where they're returning to work after yeah. parental leave. Like they're in the lead up to parental leave or in the months, a few short months thereafter and looking mm-hmm. for support in that transition, which is is unsurprising to me because having been in the corporate world before, there's very little support for that, mm-hmm. that transition. You know, there's so much focus on the original, like initial becoming a mom, but then it's yes. like, oh, just figure it out when you return to work. Right. I know. And it's before the return to work as, as if anyone who's returned to work knows this, there's so much that happens emotionally and psychologically before the actual return to work in the, well,
0: and can you imagine we're so lucky in Canada to actually have the time. If you are employed, you know, self-employed, obviously very different story, but Mm -hmm. we, we get the time we get the leave Mm -hmm. in the States. They're returning at six weeks.
1: Yes, I know. It It is criminal
0: yes very good word it is and it's considered the leave that they take is considered a disability that's it's disability leave like it's disgusting it is the fact that women are still going to be I mean never mind the hormones and the emotional stuff they've got hemorrhoids to deal with they they're probably still bleeding like they're
1: probably still bleeding
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. and they're expected to go back to their jobs
1: yes it is Truly the only word that I have found for it that feels right for me. And like the, oh. even as you speak, but like the anger that I have felt yes. in, the, in the, in recent years. And a lot of my clients have been American as well yeah. uh, is, is it feels criminal.
0: It a hundred percent. And I feel sort of, I mean, I love that you're working with some Americans too, because for me, I feel kind of impotent in that I can't fix the American system. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just what, oh, it's so frustrating mm-hmm. to hear how they're expected to oh there's so many things about that system yeah. I could go down a rabbit hole let's yeah. not go there yeah. so <laughs> oh my gosh okay yeah, like, no, I so really where could.
1: where were we because I could I'm now in that I'm now in that rabbit hole I know. Planet, right? <laughs> right, how,
0: um... I'm experiencing a bit of rage right now. <laughs> right.
1: So here I mean I do want to say something around that because so for me in motherhood and even like in my own journey into mm. motherhood but then also in working with clients around like even if I take American clients as an example this I felt this anger I felt this frustration inside with the way that systems were set up Mm -hmm. to support moms and Dr. Brock's work in in motherhood studies really gave me like the language the vocabulary and the tools to channel that into Mm. into change into social activism and and I'm like I actually love it when I hear mothers who are angry because I'm like anger is the seed of change right yeah not always I also believe change can come from joy and change comes from love but a lot of if we think of like social revolutions through the year mm-hmm. a lot of them come from came from oppression and anger
0: yeah
1: and those injustice. Who, yeah yes those who are angry are the ones who have like the most uh, like impetus to change to mm-hmm. want change. Mm-hmm. and so I also really firmly believe that Yes, we definitely need systemic change. And that's a big beast in the States. I mean, we also need some systemic change in Canada as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. How mothers and parents are treated. But I really do firmly believe, and this is what my work is rooted in, I really do believe that each of us, each of us make up the culture of motherhood mm-hmm. and play a role in the culture of motherhood. It's like traffic. You know, when you're in traffic and you look at the car next to you or the car, and you're like, oh, look, I hate traffic. And then you realize, oh, well,
0: I'm part am of it.
1: To the other person, yeah. like I'm part of
0: it. That's such a good analogy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like oh, I am that, and I'll I'll credit a, a a mentor of mine, Danielle Nagel, who shared that for me from a mindfulness perspective. Like oh, like I remember that. Like I am the culture of motherhood, mm-hmm. and I what I say, the messages I share affect my circle, my community, and my son, the future generation. And like this is how change starts. Yeah. So I I feel peace in that, I suppose, or like feel motivation and inspiration to continue in this work because of that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: If I come to I don't know if I finished my thought before, if I like rewind us back a little bit more, yeah, yeah. how I support moms because you're the program. Yeah, yeah. So when I, I do have a few group programs and those are a set programs. Okay. That that would make sense. And so <laughs> there are, I have a program that's for those who are in early motherhood. So usually mm-hmm. those who are in the first year of motherhood. And we move through a few of the most common sort of themes and topics of matrescence that you experience in your first right. year of motherhood. And I have two more programs, one's for a seasoned mom. So those who are over a year plus in motherhood, again, moving some of the most common themes that recur in your uh-huh. maturity. And then I have a program for the called empowered that are for those who are navigating paid work and motherhood. Uh-huh. And okay. we, we move through a few set topics around those as well. So I do have some group programs and there's a lot of power in bringing mothers yeah. together to work through those topics together and to break the isolation and shame.
0: Well, that's that's what I was going to say, the isolation, because that's what I find so often in the first night of mom camp, right? When all the moms come together and most of them are strangers and they all come not really sure what's going to happen. And we start to share and all of a sudden they are just cracked open. Like, oh Mm. my God, me, like, I don't like using the expression me too, because it's now carries so much weight on the Mm. other side, but Mm. oh my God, I feel that as well. Right. I thought I was the only one. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of, I thought I was the only one leads to, I think there's something wrong with me because nobody else feels this, right? So I love that you're doing that first year of motherhood because those are the baby and me workshops. And they're always talking about, here's what you need to do for your baby. But very rarely do they ever really talk about, I mean, they might touch on postpartum, you know, they might start to touch on those things, Mm -hmm. but all of those other themes aren't captured
1: Yes, yeah. I, it, it's true. It's like I think of my own experience in my prenatal class. There was no mention of, of the mother or the no. parent or the father, there was none.
0: I thought I was being really smart and took the like one day prenatal workshop like my husband and I went to the hospital and did the one day like here's how here's what birth's going to be like here's how you diaper your baby we're like sweet efficient no problem we've got this (laughs) but like I can see there'd be some value to doing the three month courses right and you also develop relationships with other parents and all that. But yeah, there was nothing mentioned at all about what you might feel emotionally.
1: Yes. Completely, completely. (laughs)
0: Here's your baby. Go home now after 24 hours. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think in an ideal world, you know, I'm even just like dreaming or visioning right now in the moment, I think in an ideal world, my work wouldn't exist on its Mm. own, Mm -hmm. that my work would exist as part of like fully integrated into other programs. I mean, I think I take a 10 year view on that, that matrescence and this topic are integrated into medical schools and integrated into like social work or psychology and midwifery that like this is is part of how we speak about motherhood. So I, that's my hope for the future is that it's actually integrated into other programs like the prenatal in a day, right. That it would be spoken about or in the postpartum classes that, that parents go to because there is very little mention of it.
0: Well, and lactation consultants should have like a side certificate and matrescence and then OBGYNs should have a specialty in matrescence. Like it just, I can see how it should become yeah. integrated systemically. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like imagine that for a moment. Right. Like I'm just imagining that like a lactation consultant or yeah. an OBGYN, like imagine if they had a, a baseline understanding of the shifts that a person of the like ground shaking, the groundbreaking shifts that a person yeah. was grappling with and it would change the game for how mothers experience motherhood and what we know, I'm sure a lot of us can think back to in the early days of motherhood, perhaps we had experiences that impact or influence us or what was said to us that, have, that stay with us mm-hmm. a long time. Oh yeah. And the same goes for positive experiences. Like if we have people who like introduce matrescence to us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who recognize us for the shifts that we're who going through. Who hurt
0: us. Yes. You know? Yeah.
1: Imagine the lasting impact that would have yeah. for their journey through motherhood.
0: I know so many women that around the time their kids are seven, or sometimes even it's their second kid and they several years old, that somebody says to them, "I think you actually were experiencing postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression," and they had never been told that before. They just thought there was something wrong. Yeah, and to shine a light on that. It's, it's like the whole world opens up and goes, Oh my God, there's yeah. a reason. Right. Yeah. Like it just, yes. it's yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And now I wish I could remember the details of it. It's been so long since I heard the details of it, but you're reminding me of a study that I know Dr. Oscar Sarah out of Australia had referenced. And now I can't remember the the full details, but he, I'm
0: impressed you can just remember all these names because my <laughs> brain does not hold this stuff. <laughs> so it's, pas- it's such a
1: passion area of mine, right? It's a passion area of mine. So that's that's why I know. <laughs> um, but he, I know he shared a study through the years that have, I can't remember if it's, the study at a high level talks okay. about the, the actual like highest occurrence of perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, PMADS, is okay. not in the first year of motherhood. Like, if we actually were looking at it in, if we were actually diagnosing it in a proper way, I can't remember if it's at like three to four years or if it's closer to seven. When you said that, it reminded me of interesting, but surprisingly later. Yeah. Like, we were diagnosing it in the first year. So we're hearing about it. Right. More. But there's actually even more that services later that goes undiagnosed and unspoken about yeah. when mothers feel very isolated, when the support's long gone, when the kids are potentially going to school, when they're going through another shift again. And I'll find the study and then that way perhaps you can link it. We can get that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We
0: can put it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. I mean, it is those layers of motherhood, right? Mm-hmm. I, when my kids were seven, I don't, I think I had postpartum anxiety. I definitely had anxiety after our son was born. I definitely had this like, what felt irrational Mm. fear and just like need to control. And it definitely, it was anxiety, Mm. but around seven, it was that shift into, oh, my kids are wanting to do their own thing Mm. now. And now I'm following them around as opposed, do you know what I mean? Like I, Mm. I'm now driving them to their things that they've chosen, which I now am losing a bit of my own directed time. Right. Mm. And now I'm becoming like, I'm at these added responsibilities, right? Mm. Like that you're not, I mean, you're ultimately choosing them. You get to decide if you sign them up for whatever, (laughs) but, but, you know, you sort of become that other part, like the mom taxi, like you, your life now involves that. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's like a a loss, a loss again, again, of what was Mm a loss of, how life used to be even in the earlier years, but you're talking like around the age of seven ish of what your life and your social life now looks like is, is again, different.
0: What I find though, is that you don't notice it for probably the first six months. You're just in Mm -hmm. it and you're making it happen. And you're like, yes, I've got this. No problem. Look at me mastering my schedule. And then you're in it and you're like, wait a second. I no longer have any time for me. I, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and it's sort of, and now you're too far into it to sort of pull mm. back and, and redo, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you're like, pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I didn't think this through. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or I was like, I didn't know. That's yeah. the thing. I, was like, I didn't know. And this is one of the things that I, I would love for us to find a way to solve this long-term and mm. any role I can play in doing this is like one of the most helpful things in motherhood is in having, you know, counsel from those who are first.
0: So at this point in our conversation, Zoom kicked me out, not once, but twice from the call. So bear with us. We are going to pick right back up where we were. Uh, But sorry for the technical difficulties. Here we go. Okay. Kaylee, we are back. I don't know what just happened. Zoom is possessed today. So let's, let's get back to it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Let's pick right back up. So it's not that, it's not that, you know, we want to be able to go back. Obviously we can't go back and change how we've done things in motherhood, but it points to the fact that you didn't know, we didn't know what to expect. And even the that reminds me that Dr. Ethan said something to me once that will stay with me forever. She said exactly that. She said, you didn't know, Kaylee, because the wider we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Because the wider we doesn't talk about it. And all mm-hmm. things motherhood. So this is where the you know we talk about historically the village or if we talk about living Mm -hmm. in community with mothers who are further along down the path of motherhood than us this is where I would love to see and be play a role and a part of this of so often we so often we connect with moms who are at the same same stage of motherhood as us Mm -hmm. and yet I know in my own experience and I know this to be true for supporting mothers through motherhood is that it's really valuable To hear from mothers who are further along down the path because they can share those insights with us. And while we may only be able to hear them intellectually, like they don't mean anything yet, Mm -hmm. it plants a seed, perhaps, plants a seed for when we get to that stage in motherhood. Or when we get to that, and I'll call you, Jillian, I'll be like, what should I do around activities? Like, give me the
0: insights, tell me what I don't know. And I'll say, don't register them for anything. (laughs) You should protect your time and pick what you're willing to do because it will last forever. No, um, what I was thinking as you were saying that is I got this vision of like a 30,000 foot view, right? Mm. Where Mm. while we're in it, like the traffic, we're in the traffic. And so all we can see is the cars immediately around us. The brake lights in front of us, we're in it. We're driving the kids, we're, you know, feeding the kids, we're getting to and from work, we're, we're in the craziness of motherhood life, right? It's just the day-to-day grind and, or joy and experience It's wonderful. So, (laughs) but then you don't often get that 30,000 foot view of, oh, but I'm feeling this way. And you know what, actually society has set me, like, you don't get that sort of societal view that 30,000, like the helicopter up looking at the traffic going, wait a second, there's a thing, you know, two kilometers ahead. Yeah. And sometimes those mothers that are just sort of further down that journey can give you a bit of a glimpse into that 30,000 foot view, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, you're giving me chills right now and thinking of what could be possible because yeah. So often, I mean, even if you turn to Google or blogs, like I think of coming, if I think in the horizon for me, and then, you know, my son will go into kindergarten in 15, 18 months, right? Like Uh not this year, but next fall. And I think if I turn to Google, it'll probably give me the logistical things to consider. Yeah. Yet it won't give me likely a lot of guidance around the, like the matrescent side of it. Not at all. Nope. And so, when you speak about thirty thousand, you're like, "That's what I'm seeing." about, like, what are the questions? What are the topics? What are the things I'm I might encounter? Not saying I will, because uh-huh. my experience will be unique, but like, how helpful would that be if we had that or actual live forums where mothers were coming together to be able to work through that together? It, uh-huh. it is, it's so needed, and it's so missing and I have a thousand ideas all the time and the reality is I'm in that daily grind which is both the grind and the joy I say both at the same time yes motherhood it's like and I can only do so much (laughs) well (laughs) that's it you're one human
0: right you have to work with your own capacity and that's how moms quite often get burnt out is because they try and work beyond their capacity right I'm I'm in it now like I can feel it you know I'm trying to see what can I peel away so yes oh man okay well I do believe you are going to make that happen. That's mm. because I love your passion for this. Mm. Um, thank you. Before Zoom craps out again, I just I, <laughs> I I am so paranoid now. For the listener that doesn't know, this happened before we even started the conversation twice. So, I've I just okay. I want to ask you some questions that I ask all my guests. How do you define balance for yourself and for your family?
1: Mm. I always come back to my values, mm. and for me, my values are dance parties in no particular order, dance parties, nice. sweaty, sweaty armpits, you know, speaking up, fully being with trust, and being heart led. And it's like, as long as I come back to those, like if I'm feeling those and living those, then I'm in balance.
0: I'm going to cry. I have never heard values positioned in that way. Mm. That just hit me. Mm. That was so pure. Mm. Thank Mm. you. Mm. Just from dance parties and sweaty armpits. I was like, oh God, I've never heard values Mm. described that way. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. Why am I so mm-hmm. emotional? But thank they're you.
1: So, thank you for asking the question. And those those values, and oh, now I feel so moved. Those values were so real to me. Yeah. They're not like, uh, there's nothing wrong with other ways of doing values, but those values through the years and even working with my own coach is yeah. how I came to the guy. Like they're very real and I live them all the time and I check in with I love them it. all the time. I love it. And so when I'm able to feel those and live those, then I know I'm in balance. I call it more so the language that resonates is like finding my center because there is no balance. It's it's not determined by time or work hours or it. Yeah. None of it's, it's about like, do I feel like I'm living what really matters to me? Yeah. I love
0: it. Well, yeah. I do exercises with moms all the time about personal priorities and, Mm. and values. And it's, you know, we start with a whole list of words, but they're very much just words. Mm. And like, for me, mine have always, or have, you know, in the last few years been family health and fun, Mm. but you just took fun Mm. to dance parties and sweaty (laughs) armpits, which could also be health. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, Yes, You made it such a tangible thing. I just love Mm. that. Mm. I just, it's so specific. Mm. Oh, I just love it. Sorry. Okay. I've recovered from my, oh, that really got me. Mm. Okay. Thank you for that. Mm. Uh, Okay. Next question. Do you make time for self-care and what does that look like for you?
1: Mm. Definitely. The self-care looks like the micro moments in my life. It looks like the the boundaries that I set for myself. Nice. They're the root of what allow me to care for myself. So they look like when I say micro moments, I mean this is probably the reality of motherhood forever. But the, for me, my reality right now with a three and a half year old son is like, it's micro moments in my day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're stepping out for a two hour yoga class, right? Like yeah. it's, I don't know if many, yeah. I don't know if
1: many mothers are at any stage of motherhood. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. But it's certainly not happening in my life right now. Right. <laughs> but they look like, they look like small moments. They look like I light a candle every single day, even if it's for 10 seconds, but I light a candle I did right before this call. And I Think of myself. I think of all mothers. I think of everyone who is mothering past, present, and future. It's yeah. like there, there's many micro moments like that in my day that nice I, I built I build in. And of course, I also do, not of course, but I do some some bigger things, if you will. I yeah. go to I go to dance class every nice. week. I started doing that realistically. That was in the fall. My son was turning three, and that became very realistic for me to step away every but week. that's
0: making yourself a priority and uh, that is self-care yeah yes. it's also so a boundary right it's yeah. protecting yeah.
1: yeah it's a boundary and it's setting up the care and working in partnership with my husband for us to both have that time in the mm-hmm. week in particular not, we don't have family in town which right. is a different paradigm than than others as well so yeah boundaries like what i say yes to what i say no to i'm pretty i'm pretty fierce
0: on my boundaries love it <laughs> love yeah. it okay what is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom mm hmm.
1: Motherhood has given me a really deep opportunity to allow myself to experience all emotions. Mm and the lesson for me in that is like to let myself feel all yeah. emotions whether that's sadness and grief alongside at the same time joy <laughs> anger is a big one for me to let myself feel the anger and to learn how to healthily and and healthily express anger mm-hmm. to experience different levels of joy and and presence and often Opposing feelings and emotions at once. But I would say that's one of the biggest lessons, I think, especially in recent times. It's like really allowing myself to feel all emotions.
0: Love it. Mm -hmm. I haven't had that one before. You know, Mm -hmm. we're 150 something episodes in and I haven't Mm -hmm. had that one before and I just love it.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you.
0: Yeah. We don't often give ourselves that permission, right? Whether it's through self-judgment or you know, whatever it might be. It's yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, The busyness.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like I don't have time to experience this emotion right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But often I'm given the opportunity and I've taken it. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice. Love it. -hmm. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. How can our listeners connect with you?
1: Yeah. the, The best places to find me are on Instagram. I'm I call it seasonally active. I'm, not active. I'm not very active right now, but I'm there. I'm present. And I, I like to be like in messages and DMs with people. Nice. And I there's a boundary of mine. Right, right now I'm not posting. Yeah. A lot, the boundary of mine. I'm just it's not where my energy needs to go. Yeah. But also, you can find me on my website, which is KayleeBenjamin.com, awesome. and my, my email's on there too. And you can I'm sure you'll share that in the show notes. I'd love yeah. to hear from mothers of what. I just love when people reach out and hearing different stories of motherhood and experiences of motherhood.
0: Amazing. Mm. I just love what you're doing, what you've learned, what you've chosen to share with the world and build. I think you are incredible and um, yeah, this, I think this despite all of the zoom glitches, this conversation has been a real gift to me. So I appreciate that. And I know it's a gift to all the listeners. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much. Um, Yeah. I'm really, really grateful to be connected to you. Mm
1: -hmm. Same here. It's such a, it's such a joy of mine to speak of this. So thank you for having me as a guest.
0: All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.